This is Splice. Can you hear me? Yes. You can hear me okay? Yep. Good morning. Can you hear me? Fantastic sound. Finally, we can hear you. Got a microphone. I I was just going to say, that sounds pro. Show me, buddy. I think let's do this. All right. So how? (laughs) How are we doing this? So uh, just continue uh, speaking the way you are. (laughs) Exactly. That's all the prep you need. I hope you've done your research on the life of Darate Din. Darate? Been warming up, as you can tell. No. Late nights. Welcome to Splice Lo-Fi number 27. It's Friday, 29th of October. Lo-Fi is something that we do every Friday morning, as many of you know. And this is because we want to feature people in the media ecosystem that we're so interested in. It's a really great way for us to check in on what this community is up to. Uh, this is recorded live, and once it's done, it goes out as a podcast episode. So you'll find this under Splice Lo-Fi in your podcast app. Uh, if you like it, please, please subscribe. And if you're jumping in on this Telegram conversation live and want to be taken off the record, let us know after we're done, and we'll edit you out, of course. And hey, it's a it's a conversation, so if you've got questions, make sure you jump in. Uh, you can also pop your questions into the Telegram group. We'll ask it for you. But if you're going to ask a question, make sure you unmute yourself. Listen, we're really so happy to be chatting with our friend Darate Din today. Hey, Darate. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> that was a very tentative hi. I was just, I was just, you know, I was thinking about how we first met you at that first Splice Beta in 2019. That was amazing. Course, those were the before times in Chiang Mai. Yes. And I, you know, but one thing I remember so clearly was, you know, we were all kind of. It was the first night there before you know the next three days were to, to begin with beta and we were a noisy bunch of like splice community people from around the world at this little restaurant table and you were 100 percent the glue of that gathering you were this yeah. friendly you know you were connected with everybody you were like by the next day you knew everybody everybody knew you <laughs> like have you always been like that um not really um at least that's not how I see myself in my head. I think it comes from this idea of feeling like I'm an imposter. And I try to be that friendly person because, you know, I went to uh, supply even in Chiang Mai at the invitation of UNDP with our friends, as you know. And when I got there, I was like, what have I done? Like, why am I being invited to this thing? Because I've seen a lot of amazing media people. I see what you guys do for the first time. That's when I knew what Splice Media was. And all of these amazing people who run podcasts, everyone seems to have a project. I didn't have one. So I was like, how do I start a conversation? And I think the best way to start was, you know, music and jazz and restaurant and that's when people you know people all listen to music and yeah that's that's how it works and then that makes me feel like i'm part of the group even though i don't have a project i'm not a reporter but then that start the conversation so yeah yeah i wasn't always like that but it worked that's interesting i'm i'm gonna make notes on that one just because i think like for me i have a hard time being at a at a party or an event you know and uh, I think what you did there was really smart. Like, you know, if you don't have any projects like these other guys are, at the very least, get them out to go party and dance, 
which is exactly what you did. <laughs> it worked. Yes. Yes. But it's I also because Chris. you're. Yeah, but it's also because you're genuinely curious. You're a very good listener, and you you are kind, you. and so you really you you show up for people, and you you're interested in what they do, and and that's you know hugely underrated skill or or talent, whatever it is. <laughs> it was great fun. Um, yeah, I've always been very curious. I don't know. I think my parents mentioning it. I don't know if they think it was official or back about me, but. Sometimes I got comment that saying I'm too curious, but I like being curious, so that's totally fine. Oh, it's definitely a feature, and it's definitely a feature that we that we see in your newsletter as well. Uh, Campuccino is something that you started doing. What was it? Maybe a year and a half ago. You're you're on twenty twenty six issues now, right? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, Fortnite still fortnightly, right? Yes. So um, I started Campuccino about a bit over a year ago. So the first issue came out in around October, early October 2020. And honestly, it was for me. Um, before anybody else, it was for me. And yeah, explain um, explain that. What what does it mean that it was for you? What what did you want to satisfy your own curiosity or your own interest in this? Um, so we all deal with the pandemic in different ways and also the pandemic affects our life in different ways um more negative than positive and here i was stuck in my city apartment in auckland new zealand without a job and i i had a really hard time and i found myself not belonging anywhere at that point so I came from having a full-time job where I read news every day because that's what I like to do um, in Cambodia and to being in New Zealand where I didn't know anyone. I wasn't really on top of anything. I, I just feel like I was lost. So I needed to do something. I needed to feel like I belong somewhere. So that's when I started to think about this newsletter idea. And a newsletter came in after because I, I feel like... I Everybody better, and everybody has a Substack. <laughs> so that was why I kind of chose the platform. But then when it comes to the newsletter, it was my way of forcing myself to read news again about Cambodia because I knew I was coming back. Um, yeah, so that's when it started. And I had forced myself to read news, but I have to make myself commit. And that's why the, the newsletter idea came to be, to be born. You know, to be fair to yourself, even, it feels like, you know, Campuccino was kind of brewing in your head, even before, arguably. You know, you mentioned wanting to do something at Beta. You also then showed yes. up at Splice Beta 2020, which was obviously all online. And you put it out there. You said, I want to launch something. And I want, I'm saying this in public, and I want everybody to hold me to it. And yep. you know, I think I think in fact you were one of three people that did that. And you know, so so it's exciting that you chose this format, of course. But I guess the format isn't really important. You started a conversation about things that you're curious about, exactly what you've always done, you know. And now I'm curious what what's next for Cappuccino. I know before we started, I, I was telling you about uh, asking you when, just jokingly asking you when the Cappuccino podcast was coming out. Are mm -hmm. you thinking of more ways to talk to your audience 
what's next for for cappuccino a simple answer would be yes i always try to think of more way to talk to my audience because oh, i got amazing story from my audience who took the time to write me personally uh, sometimes i will share in a little bit but just to revert back to what you say about what i've always wanted to do and so much that I announced to the public at Splice 2020. It was podcast idea that I had. And I remember even telling Alan when he was in Cambodia in a talk talk, I say, Alan, I'm not sure if I'm good enough to even start a podcast. And Alan said, just start it. And, and you'll you learn on the way, but I never managed to do it because I moved away and the podcast that I wanted to do was, I wanted to be about Cambodians. So it, it didn't make sense at the time. And I'm just glad that I can just brew up cappuccino. So in terms of the way to forward to talk to my audience, yes, I do think about um, a podcast. It might not be called cappuccino. It might be called something else, but it's obviously inspired by what I've learned and the response I get from cappuccino. I don't know which platform, how it's going to look like yet, but the idea is there. Um, I also start to play with ideas of maybe doing more publication, all um, still in written format. And also a friend of mine also said, maybe you should do a subscription model, um, just on top of what I'm already doing, which is free. And that is still in consideration because uh, the fact that it's free, it gives me a lot of freedom to do whatever I want with it. It is my newsletter and I don't feel like I'm owing it to anyone because I'm making this for free. People are free to read it as they wish to it. If they don't want to, they can always unsubscribe. Um, but yeah, but according to the response that I get from my audience, it's just amazing. Some people find their connection in some of the story that I do, especially mostly actually under the art and culture section, which I had a great pleasure in creating um, because I can tell the most random story and people would click with it and would take time to write me and say, oh yeah, I, I, I came across this topic or I came across this exhibition or I came across this movie and start telling me their story about when they were here or their experience to the country. And that's one of the greatest thing, uh, the, the greatest satisfaction that I get from um, writing this newsletter. That's that's really quite fascinating. I you know the one thing that that I admire about you and and I think this is probably true of of the spice community is that this is a group of of self-taught self-learning types of people and and the way you've you described your journey there has been really quite quite amazing. What what do you wish you knew about about letter uh, newsletter writing before before you started? I'm not sure. I never knew enough to even pinpoint what I wish I knew if that makes sense. I'm a person uh, who jump in yeah. head first. So I'm like, if I think too much, I'm a perfectionist, which means things rarely happen because I always want something to be perfect. And then when, and that, that tend to stop me from doing so many things, including the original podcast idea. Um, but then when I jump into this newsletter, I, I Google what Substack was, no kidding. Um, and then I saw people have it, it's like, oh, oh, there's this free platform. And then I read a few examples and then, yeah. Oh, actually I would say, I wish I knew Notion before I started uh, this newsletter. And I wish uh, 
I knew about this uh, Notion template that called Newsletter OS way before uh, oh. when, before I started because it's amazing. Remember Richard wrote a newsletter as well. And I think in one of the issues he mentioned that people actually make newsletter template, uh, Notion template for a newsletter writer and sold it. I bought it. And it's- Oh, no way. That's amazing. We've got to yeah. talk to you about and that on another conversation and learn from you. I bought, I invested, I bought it and it's, it's changed how I organize my content. I think it was halfway through, like when I was at issue 10 ish, I was a mess. Basically I don't, I didn't have a system. I just read stuff. I note down everywhere in my notebook or sometimes on my unorganized notion page. And it's kind of just, you know, continue to happen. But usually I, write my newsletter just a day before it's supposed to go publish, even though it doesn't matter how organized I try to be. But then when I got this uh, newsletter OS, it, it helps me to kind of do the web clipping and organize it into a category. And it introduced me to a lot of things that I never thought that could be useful, but end up being useful. So yeah, I think to answer Alan's question, I just wish I knew the way to set up the, the content and and put in ideas, the idea bank, the inspiration bank that I can kind of tap into without spending way too much time. So I guess I knew how to work smart um, on top of working hard. I want to now get uh, uh, a bit nerdy and, and I want to start asking, you're talking about idea bank and inspiration bank or content bank. What about an audience bank? If you, if I'm, I'm curious if, you know, if you could identify now it's been, you know, 20, 27 issues of mm -hmm. Campuccino. If you had to identify, uh, even with us, like who is this person? Who is the core Campuccino reader? Are they, you know, not so much their, 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 you know, age and 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 name, and but I'm curious about, you know, is this somebody who works in NGOs? Are they a journalist who, foreign journalist that works in Cambodia, Cambodian journalist that works with? So, who is the core person? The core audience of Campuccino are those people who knew only a basic knowledge of Cambodia to begin with. And I think I had that even before I started. That's That was the people I was going for. I'm not interested in explaining Cambodia 101 to you. Um, that's why I started my newsletter by saying Sosday, which means hello in Khmer. And if you don't know what it means, this newsletter is not for you because it would be too much knowledge, too much background knowledge that you miss. So the audience- I remember reading that, Cam yes. Yeah? Yes. Um, so um, the audience are those people who know some knowledge of Cambodia who probably have been to Cambodia at some point in their life uh, as a backpacker or as a researcher um, or as UN peace worker, um, which I got one who wrote to me, which was amazing. Um, and who, who have some sort of connection to the country. So this is broad, a broad term of my audience. So the people who know Cambodia already and a little bit of his history. Um, and then, then you, I get a breakdown um, of a few segments. So there are now increasingly younger Cambodian 
who subscribed to my newsletter. Some even wrote me and say, hey, I like your newsletter. I told my friend about it. And that makes me so happy. And then there are reporters, um, international reporters, um, a few of my reporters as well, because but I, when I first started, I got inspiration from the spin-off newsletter, uh, a publication in New Zealand where they always mentioned um, reporter's name and uh, the publication uh, publisher. So somebody from this newsletter. And I thought that was a great idea because then you, I don't just um, pull in the news, but I mentioned who wrote the news as well and from which platform. And that's how I started. If you go back to look at like my first 10 issue, I think. And I think uh, the community here and um, the, the reporter community here tend to appre uh, seems to appreciate that. Um, so that's that's another part of my subscriber. And then I have NGO workers, researchers, uh, some people from the diplomatic community as well. Um, so yeah, in, in a nutshell, um, Cappuccino subscribers are those people that already know a little bit about Cambodia and can establish connection about the country in one way or another. What is it that you most love about doing the newsletter? And what is it that you most really, really, really hate about it? <laughs> Curation is what I love most about doing the newsletter, projecting my thought and my personality into the newsletter, Campuccino is me. Um, the news, I, I don't write the news, but I curate them the way that I would like to read them myself. And I'm just glad that people enjoy it as well. Um, and giving my comment, telling story, um, because I grew up here lived here my whole life and I think that's a one way to make people interested in a story not just fact is important but how you make people connect to each fact is even more important in my opinion so yeah like yeah, if I have story about an artist if I have a backstory about how I remember the artist uh, my connection to seeing the artist then I would share that and in a way it's almost like my some part of my diary as well and i love that part about making cappuccino the part i hate um as mentioned i'm quite disorganized um and in terms of this content and i hate having to organize my content i hate having to limit what how many words i would like to write right now i have an internal word limit which usually is about 1000 words. I don't want it to be longer than that. But sometimes I have so many stories that I want to include, but I have to kind of limit to just the the benchmark of that 1k because I know you don't want to scroll through your email forever. And also I hate self censorship. Because I mean, I live in Cambodia. Um, the press freedom is not we don't have the best track record. And there are things I would like to say, but of course I have to keep myself safe as well. And I don't want to piss off anyone, but so then I have to kind of tone down my voice sometime as well. Um, and that's why I have Kai as my editor, just to make sure that I don't get too emotional or get too personal about certain topic. Speaking of editors, just a quick shout out to Mariam. She's not here at the moment, but she was my first editor when I first started this because I was too not very confident in my writing and she's a full writer and a friend and she helped me um, through my, the first 10th uh, issue to edit 
every single time to give me comment and uh, suggestion on how to shape it. So thank you, Mayam. But yeah, so that's the thing I hate and I love about making cappuccino. So if there's uh, if there's one advice you'd give anyone who's starting up, who's listening to this right now and wants to start a newsletter, what would it be? Just start. Just start writing down ideas, asking yourself why. And it doesn't matter if the reason uh, is either for yourself or for others, but just start. Don't think too much. It's okay if it's not perfect. Just Just get it going and then you can always change and perfect it later. But I don't think it can, anything can be perfect um, to me. It's just think of it as a work in progress and keep evolving it. We have many more questions for, for Darte as always. Literally, they're all listed on our notion, by the way, Darte. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be fair and, and, and not dictatorial, and I'm going to throw it open to anybody else who has a question. Go for it. Jump in. Unmute yourself. Ask away. Or type it into the Telegram chat. Or your chance is going, and Alan is going to either Alan's going to ask a question or I'm going to ask my last question. We're almost okay, going to sneak this one in. Okay, then. go for it. I knew he would. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dorothy, you you know you talk a lot about basically being being of service to to an international audience. Uh, and this is something that that always fascinates me as a as a fellow Southeast Asian. What would you say are some of the worst stereotypes that people have? International journalists, let's 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 be more specific. What do you hate about how international media depicts Cambodia? Temple and trauma. It's the two T. It's temple and trauma. Either we're the great land of Uncle What or, or we this this country that had the Khmer Rouge 40 years ago and if you talk about um, visual documentary, like video documentary, they always started with, you know, that stupa that full of skulls at um, the, the killing field, which with greatest respect I um, to those people, I hate seeing. So yes, <laughs> the depiction of this everywhere. country of, yeah, exactly. And the stereotypes uh, yeah. abound. Yeah, and I know they need to get, and they need to appeal to lots of audience. I mean, we're talking with Splice here, so you guys know. Um, but of course, it's to me, it's unfair, and there are so much more nuance. There are so many more stories, and you don't know unless you come here and you see people. Of course, we have our flaws. Everybody has flaws, but we also have other great story to tell, you know, um, our food, our culture, the arts, contemporary arts, dances, you know, and I'm just, it's been 40 years um, it, of whatever happened 40 years ago. And we're just more than that. We're more than, more than the Khmer Rouge. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think, you're more than just doing your part, Darate. You're 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 saying that with cappuccino. Uh, you're. I love that you're assiduously avoiding the easy, uh, you know, conversation starters. You're avoiding all the cliches, all the tropes, all the stereotypes. I think that's admirable, and I think that's why it's such an important voice 
for all of us here, you know. Um, thank you. And thanks. So thank you for doing it. It means it means a great deal to us and this community. And I don't know if you hear that enough, but that's the truth. Um, listen, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this has been such a treat, as always, uh, to talk to you. And you know, I found a new uh, an email from you uh, the other day which was, hey, guess who's coming to Splice on Tap? And that may have been the last time we met, uh, you know, in, in Cambodia yes, when we were there doing at that. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's the one. Exactly. So, yes. yeah, <laughs> looking forward to hanging out with you when all of this is over and uh, to lots more Campuccino. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank so you much for, for having joining me. Us. Yeah. Thank you for being uh, with us on Splice Lo-Fi. This is something we do every Friday morning. So if there's someone you uh, want to hear on this thing, please let us know. If you're enjoying this in your podcast app, hit that subscribe button. You'll find out more about Splice on splicemedia.com. And we'll catch you ne next week and every Friday at 11 a.m. Singapore time. Have a great weekend, folks. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye, everyone. This is Splice. Splice. So good. So, so good. <laughs> She's awesome. So good. Yeah, it's nice to finally, you know, it's almost like getting on a call with someone that you haven't hung out with in a while. And then yeah, that's we right. get to do this in a public forum like this. <laughs> I know. How fun. Wonderful.